Hello, everyone. Welcome to Perfect Timing Podcast. I am your host, Sidney Chandler Monet, and today I have the wonderful Miss Mahogany Kufsen. As if you guys remember from a few weeks ago, I actually interviewed her mom, uh, Dr. Monique Kufsen. And so I'm so excited to have her on and just like share her story and what she has going on. So welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Of course. So I could sit here and brag about you all day, but why don't you share with my listeners a little bit about who you are and what you do? Absolutely. So I work in program innovation and education at Justice for Black Girls Community Organization, which is a national nonprofit that does educational programming and has an ambassadors program for Black girls across the nation, but also across the globe. There are some ambassadors from Canada and the UK as well. Um, I am a first year student at Spelman College, majoring in English, minoring in film studies and visual culture. Um, and yeah, I'm very excited to be here. I recently started a literary zine that I look forward to talking about more today. Um, and I'm just really excited to get started. Yay. Oh my gosh. So yeah, so I did stock it a little bit. So I'm going to go ahead and kick off with it. Um, so you are the founder and the editor in chief of your digital magazine called uh, Revolutionary Dreaming, which is a literary zine for Black girls. So incredible, by the way. Um, so what's like the mission behind this project? And like, why did you get it started? Right. So one of the things that I do at Spelman is I serve as an associate for the social justice program. Mm -hmm. And through the social justice program, we sp we pick like specific um, focuses of study slash engagement because the point of the program is to like combine our intellectual interests with our social justice engagements. And so I was looking for a project, I'm in the Black Girlhood Studies Fellowship. And so I was looking for a project that could be partially, you know, contributing to my work with that program, but I was also, looking for something that I could also combine with my work at Justice for Black Girls, but also something that could be like an original passion slash service project that I could work on. And I know that I'm extremely passionate about storytelling and Black girl storytelling, which is why I'm an English major. Um, mm -hmm. So the mission behind it is to uplift the brilliance and creativity of Black girl literary artists. Um, we know that Black girls are often overlooked and ignored in ways that discount the value of them telling their own narratives and their own truths. Um, so with each issue, I'm going to be like intentional about challenging that. And so the first issue is internal reparations. What do black girls owe themselves? And so it's essentially an open invitation for black girls to talk about reckoning with their experiences. Um, a large part about my zine and even my work with Justice Black Girls is noting that the work that black girls do and that advocates of black girls do cannot exclusively just talk about our trauma and our struggles. And it also has to involve some reckoning with the traumatic and complicated past and present. And so the purpose of the zine and the purpose of this specific issue as well is to talk about what are ways we can balance our wellness and our wholeness and our joy, and also the truth and the full complexity of our experiences. Mm -hmm. Wow. I love that. And, you know, like me, for me, when I ever get the chance to, I love to read, you know, like some of like, you know, the best writers that I love, uh, obviously Shonda Rhimes, of course, uh, <laughs> I'm currently getting into uh, Michelle Obama's um, memoir because I love, 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 love memoirs. And I'm hoping to get into uh, Viola Davis's as well. Um, but that actually allows me to ask you the question, um, like, what do you think Black girls owe themselves, which is kind of the new narrative that you're bringing into your revolutionary magazine? Yeah, so I think Black girls owe ourselves a lot. Um, I think one of the like guiding quotes sort of that I like to like talk about that I have literally tattooed on my forearm is you are your best thing. And that's a quote from Toni Morrison. And so I think a lot of that means like Black girls deserve to give ourselves grace. Black girls deserve to hold space for ourselves. Black girls deserve 
and reserve the right to say no when we need to. And we reserve the right to say yes. And we reserve the right to surrender and make mistakes and access the fullness and the depth of our humanity. And so I think that can look different um, for all of us because Black girlhood is also not one uniform experience. And I think that um, spaces like Justice for Black Girls, um, spaces that I'm trying to facilitate and sustain through my zine and spaces, especially like Spelman College, um, are spaces that really, because we are all Black women and Black girls in these spaces, um, we're allowed to dig into the depth of our humanity beyond just like our identity and beyond how our identity informs our hardships that we experience. And so I think there are a ton of words that I could use to talk about what Black girls owe themselves. And I think mainly Black girls deserve to hold space for ourselves and sustain these spaces for ourselves. That's something that I talked about in one of the zine's Instagram posts was that um, this whole reckoning with truth and reckoning with the complexities of our experiences, that means that Black girls deserve to access our own, create and sustain our own spaces that are not rooted in completely in our struggle. Right. I think one of the things that I struggle with the most is like kind of like letting go of the past without making it seem like I'm like uh, brushing my emotions under the carpet, you know? Exactly. It's like, you know, I really feel like stuff that is rooted in the past really has to deal with what's going on in my life now, especially with in our political system. Um, and it's hard to watch. It's hard to experience because for someone who tries to have hope for our future, and as they say, Generation Z is the future, I feel so misplaced and misguided by what we see in the media. So I'm really happy that you're creating a space such as this, where you are trying to, you know, push the positive, like I do with my podcast, to try to, you know, share the stories of, you know, yes, we've had traumatic, traumatic experiences, but we still have the right and honor to uh, grieve our community and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. um, do you know the Brown Girl Self Care podcast? I follow them on Instagram. I'm okay. not like completely affluent with what they do but I know that I see that name all the time <laughs> uh -huh. yeah so brown girl self-care podcast it's hosted by Bree Mitchell I adore I adore her work I listen because obviously I have my own podcast so why mm -hmm. not other ones but she sure. touches on things that I appreciate um one of the episodes she just published was like, you don't have to be scared, uh, the scared little girl anymore. So like she really digs into stuff like that and like black women uh, humanity and stuff like that and setting boundaries. So I I definitely love it. I think it's something that you should you would definitely be interested in too. So mm -hmm. after this, when you have the time, definitely. Take um, but something else that I get inspired by by her podcast is implementing into mine. Um, I like to ask my uh, guests. What is something that you have done for yourself in a form of self-care this week? This week has flown by. What have I done this week? <laughs> right, it's Friday. I, um, I went to class, I did homework. I, I recently, I've been like filling out a lot of just like applications recently that are related to like, you know, like programs, scholarships, other things that I'm interested in. And Part of that means like bringing your whole self to the academic work that you do and especially like the research that you do. Uh -huh. And so part of how I've been able to, as like, I've always been like a nerd and like a high achieving academic because I'm a mother's child. <laughs> so it's like, I'm able to now have more language to where I can bring my full self into the work that I do. And that also makes it easier for me to be honest about when I need a break uh -huh. or I just don't feel aligned with something that I'm doing. Um, in this first year at Spelman, there have been several different programs and organizations that I've been super duper interested in and that I realized once 
you know, like I start to go to meetings and join them. I'm like, hmm, this isn't for me. And I think part of that is because like, I don't know, I'm just, if this makes any sense at all, it like does, part it of does, it does. Is, like, I really like to be honest with myself uh-huh. and because when I'm not honest with myself and I don't feel aligned with what I'm doing, it's just a miserable experience for everybody. And so I think part of how I'm able to like take care of myself is to be like intentional about, you know, like what I'm applying for, intentional about um, different uh, student organizations that I'm getting involved with in college, but also like the work that I do outside of Spelman because my zine is like, like I said earlier, it's like a passion slash service project. So it's part of, you know, like the scholarship and the work that I'm producing for like the Spelman Social Justice Program, but it's also something that I'm just deeply passionate about because I love literary art. And so it's just about like being a high achieving, like young black woman in school, it's a lot. And so like to be able to be honest with myself and give myself grace too, because, you know, sometimes when you're actually in something that you thought you might've wanted, uh-huh. And then you're in it and you're like, oh, this isn't what I thought it would be. Like, it's okay. And like, I don't know. It was kind of hard for me this year to think about, I don't know, like programs that I was disappointed by because I had a lot of mentors who went to Spelman. And so like, they are like deeply, deeply like my inspirations. And so sometimes when I have, you know, experiences that don't completely mirror theirs, I'm like, am I doing Spelman right? But it's like, right. yeah, because I'm doing Spelman my way. And so like, they can still be like deep inspirations for me, but I'm going to have mahogany Spelman experience at the end of the right. day. Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally agree with that. And, you know, that's funny because you kind of answered the question for me. I was going to ask you, like, what advice did you have for, you know, girls like myself who do a lot of everything? And, you know, they try mm-hmm. to focus on the things that they want to, because like, you know, at my school, because I'm still a senior in high school, there's student council president, you know, mm-hmm. part of the National Honor Society and all of these things. And so where on earth does it leave space for things that I'm actually interested in? Of course, I love student government and, you know, mm-hmm. service and stuff like that through National Honor Society. I think that you implement very well the good, how good it is for especially Black women to say no. Because, mm-hmm. you know, for me, um, I'm a very open book. I'm a very open door with a lot of my friends, you know, if they need a place for refuge, it's my house, you know, cause like I try to open up that door because I would want someone to do the same for me. And I get a lot of that hospitality from my mom. So a part of that, a lot of people treat me as a doormat, you know? So it's like, oh, like, oh Sydney's got it. Or cause people mm-hmm. call me the president of the United States. Thank you for one. But secondly, it's like, that's a lot of pressure. You know, no, it is. I got the same, my yearbook superlative, my senior year was most likely women president. I was like, what? Right. <laughs> like, that's so like, much. Right. Exactly. I'm like, I can barely handle student council president, tri president of an entire nation. But, you know, but I, I really think it's nice that they think of me as, as such like a high stature for that. Um, so in the midst of all that you do, you know, trying to find what you like and trying to really have the mahogany coupon experience at Spelman, uh, what keeps you motivated? I think I already mentioned how Toni Morris is my favorite author. And I think that's relevant because a lot of like the work that I'm trying to do in like advocacy for Black girls and specifically through like literary art, mm-hmm. I think it keeps me motivated knowing that at one point, I mean, there are several others, but like seriously, several others. But Toni Morrison is my favorite author because she has always been, or she was always very, very explicit about the fact that her stories, she was like, Black people are my target audience. Black women and girls are my target audience. I'm writing these books because I wanted to read them as a Black girl. I wanted to read them as a Black woman. And so knowing that like 
someone at some point dedicated the entirety of her career to uplifting the narratives of Black girls and Black women for Black women and girls. Mm -hmm. It hits my heart very hard because I know that there's an abundance of literature and art and media that are like not targeting Black people that like don't view us as also like worthy audiences who can critically examine texts and films. And there's also a lot of Black authorship that works so and like I don't want to dismiss it and say that it's not necessary but there's a lot of black authorship that is also not targeting black audiences because right it's not as accurate exactly and they're busy trying to rectify an oppressive gaze that has dehumanized us for so long and in some ways that might be necessary but for me I'm like that's part of my you know approach with internal reparations is this like okay well how can we not work tirelessly to rectify a gaze that at its inception, at its core, is meant to dehumanize us. But how can we rectify how we view ourselves? How can we um, engage in ways that increase our proximity to self and increase our proximity to, like, being able to articulate our lives and our truths and, like, the beautiful complexities within that? Right. I totally agree. Because, like, imagine how, like, inspired a lot of young Black girls would be if Anna and Elsa were Black women. Honestly, like if I saw a girl that looked like me with magical powers of ice and snow, I would lose my mind, you know, because when literally now I was in like what fourth grade. So it's like that imagery. I feel like a lot of it is missing. And even like a lot of the books that I read as a kid, like, you know, we would get that description of like the main character, you know, blonde hair, blue eyes. I'm like, that's not me, you know? So in a way, of course, I could still enjoy the reading, but it's like, I really don't really connect, you know? So I really feel like Toni Morrison, like you mentioned, the work that she's doing to really initiate that narrative to let black girls know that they can be magical they can be all mm-hmm. these things but mm-hmm. they can also be you know molded mm-hmm. into all these kinds of different forms um so definitely appreciate her work for that and i of course have to give you your flowers for you know highlighting her work and all the <laughs> other writers of course um but thank you so so much mahogany for joining me thus far and my listeners i hope you've been enjoying this conversation as well and we'll be right back after this break Hey, this is Sydney Cherlone, and I'm so excited to share with you my international podcast, Perfect Timing, that will be broadcasting on Mondays at 2 p.m. through Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and so much more. We will have outstanding guests that will talk about their passions, goals, and dreams. Make sure you tune in and have a seat at the table where we will create a voice for us every Monday at 2 p.m. This is Sydney Collins of Perfect Timing. Hello, Shaw Bear Nation. This is Lawrence Smith, president of the Shaw Bears Booster Club. As we plan to help Shaw University go to the next level, we are calling for your support and participation. Whether you're a recent graduate or a longtime alumnus, we need your youth, energy, ideas, and influence to help us grow and do great things. Don't forget to go to our online store and pick up your latest Shaw Bear Nation gear go to www.shawbearsnation.com. Let's get ready for the new generation of Shaw Bear Nation.
back, everyone. Again, I'm here with Mahogany Koopson, and we were just talking about her story and the things that she do within Spellman and trying to find her own path in uh, uplifting and empowering young Black girls by uh, showcasing them with uh, African-American literature. So let's get back into it. Um, is there like a piece of literature, or, like a book that we would be like in remiss in if we haven't like, you know, read it yet or if you have any suggestions of something that I or my listener should read, please do share. Mm -hmm. So one thing about me, I will talk your ear off about Toni Morrison. So one <laughs> particular book of hers that is my favorite is Beloved. Um, it's one of her like three most famous ones. But honestly, like that's for a reason, like Beloved. Um, I just genuinely think that that story explores and reckons with the depths of grieving Black girlhood. And uh -huh. it does so in a way that's intergenerational. So it like talks about, you know, without spoiling too much, it talks about how a mother how a formerly enslaved mother is able to engage with her daughters. Um, and this part is part of the premise, so I guess it's not a spoiler alert, but one of them is dead. So how is she able to engage with her living daughter and her dead daughter? Also with the knowledge that, I'll say this in like blank terms, so I won't spoil it. Her dead daughter is dead because of something related to something that was unresolved in her own girlhood when she was enslaved. And so I think that, um, how the mother engages with her daughters is a direct function of that unresolved trauma and the mourning of her own girlhood. Um, and it just, you know, impacts all of that. Um, there have been several discussions about the fact that, like, you love to read Toni Morrison, but you never want to be a character in Toni Morrison's stories because they're sad. And a lot of them are centered in grief. And a lot of them are just very, very, very intense because they talk about things like the depth of an enslaved woman's experience and not just like surface level discussions of US history. Um, and so I think Beloved does a wonderful job of exploring how that grief feels and how like, how would it feel to be a formerly enslaved woman who mm -hmm. wants to protect her daughters, but one of them ends up dead and right. her, own inner, her own inner girl feels dead because she's enslaved. And so that's, that's one particular text that I absolutely adore. Another one that people don't talk about as much is Tar Baby. And I really like Tar Baby because it's a romance and um, yeah, I like <laughs> Secret Shame. Like I love romance novels, but Me too, um, yeah, but Tar Baby is just really interesting because it talks about things like the Black elite and shame. It talks about, you know, Black girls who might be received as whitewashed if they're educated, but also like in the spaces that they were educated also critically informs like I mean, I don't like to call people whitewashed because that's like shame, but you know, all of those things. But Tar Baby is really good because it does explore those complexities and it like moves in geography with a couple. So like the couple goes from the Caribbean to the South to New York. And so um, there's like a lot of growth and evolution in that. And there's a lot of um, room for like self-discovery for this black woman who recently graduated from college and is discovering herself and her, you know, partner at the same time. And so- mm -hmm. I really like Tar Baby too. Okay. Yeah, definitely something for me to get into. Um, so are these more like historical fiction kind of things? Um or at least beloved. Um, yes. Beloved is okay. historical fiction. Um, I think like the bluest eye. That I I guess I now that one is good. That one is one of the yes. Yeah. The bluest eye is crazy. Um I have so many, like, someday I'm just going to write an entire think piece about that because I just have so much to say. But um, The Blue Sky, I don't think that was historical fiction just because um, it was based when it was written. So, like, now wow. it might be considered historical fiction. But um, the only novel that 
um, Toni Morrison actually wrote that was like based in modern day was God Help the Child. That was another crazy one. I forgot about God Help the Child. That was another really good one. That one's not very famous. I think that was the last novel she wrote and it was in 2015 and that was the last one that was, or the only one that was um, based in like modern time. Uh-huh. Okay, okay, okay. Definitely some things for me to, pe- to catch up on. So I'll definitely know <laughs> yeah. of how I think of them. Um, but I've just been enjoying our, our conversation about this so much, but I already know you You are a very like academia person. You love to read, you love to learn all these things. So is there anything about you that people might not already know? Um, yes, I have written an oral fluency in French and really only the closest people to me know that like my phone settings are in French and people will like read my notifications. They're like, what? Um, but that's also, that's, I feel like that's unique to me because my family's not like Caribbean or African. Like my family is African-American. And so knowing like a global language is rare and especially like how my like because I went to a French school preschool through eighth grade so a lot of my black girlhood and my in-school experiences you know these things that my mom writes about that was around like francophone culture and francophone language and so um people definitely don't really know that about me that's so funny because I listen because I remember in like in our emails I was reading one of them was like something from your iPhone but it was like oh yeah it was like envoyé de mon iPhone yeah yeah I was like my iPhone in French yeah (laughs) what is this I didn't want to say anything but I was like maybe she's learning a different language but that's cool to know that's really funny I feel like I've had a lot of people on recently who just happen to be fluent in French interesting right um I personally I like to learn Spanish um I need to get back on my horse with that but I think French (laughs) (laughs) absolutely Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to do a quick round of rapid fire questions before I like, before I ask you where my listeners can reach and follow you. Are you ready? I am ready. Okay. This one is like a pretty serious question that I ask all my listeners and it helps me determine a lot of things. So what is your favorite ice cream flavor? My favorite ice cream flavor. It's always been grasshopper pie. What is that? Oh, that might be unique to uh, San Francisco. Mitchell's um it's basically mint chocolate chip with oreo cookies oh my gosh that's so interesting yeah um yeah that's definitely new one for the leaderboards <laughs> um okay <laughs> what is something that you can't live without something i can't live without books okay <laughs> it's okay. very cliche expected answer but books no it's okay um if you had a million dollars right now what would you do with it um I have to be a little selfish and say that I would use some of it to pay my tuition spelling is expensive um (laughs) the rest I would I would have to save because I just know like even though I love retail therapy that would just be so aggressively irresponsible I would just have to save it (laughs) yeah okay 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 very smart answer um let's do like one or two more um if you could sit down and have a coffee with anyone, dead or alive, who would it be? Tony Morrison. Okay. <laughs> I kinda, I was, I was like, I'm pretty sure I just answered this question myself, but mm-hmm. I had to ask. <laughs> okay, let's do one more. Um, if you could live anywhere in the world, where would it be? <sighs> if I could live anywhere, I don't know. I would want to live like in multiple places. Like I would love to have a place of residence in New York, which is like I do, but like, I mean, like as an adult, like New York, uh-huh. New Orleans, Paris, and I have to spend more like young adult time in the motherlands because every time I've like visited the continent of Africa, it was under age 15. So uh-huh. 
have like in-depth memories, but it would likely be a Francophone place in Africa. Mm-hmm. So either like okay. Cote d'Ivoire or Senegal. Okay, that'd be fun. That'd be fun. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. Before I let you go, please, please, please share with my listeners how they can reach and follow you, especially as you have your ongoing campaign for your revolutionary dreaming and how they can submit submit uh, any kind of literary works or poems or anything like that. So take it away. Absolutely. So I can be reached at my personal Instagram account, which is Mahogany Zara spelled M-A-H-O-G-A-N-Y-Z-A-H-R-A. And then Revolutionary Dreaming has its own Instagram, which is just at Revolutionary Dreaming. Um, the deadline for the first issue is April 30th, 2023. We are accepting poems, flash fiction pieces not to exceed 500 words, and non-fictional essays not to exceed 1,000 words in alignment with the theme, internal reparations, what do Black girls owe themselves? This is for all self-identified Black girl writers ages 11 through 24. Um, and you can also look at the Revolutionary Dreaming Instagram account for details on how to, like, where to submit. Perfect. Thank you so, so, so much, Mahogany. I had such a wonderful time. Thank you for having me. Of course. So I definitely have some new uh, book recommendations that I'm going to get into. So I'll let you know how I feel. Thank you again to Mahogany. And this is Perfect Timing. Mm -hmm.